Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the GovCon world, this podcast is for you. We're giving Kevin a break today and welcoming special guest Shelly Hall, who's been on the podcast many times. Shelly is a contracting officer with decades of experience and a Skyway team member. We're talking compliance with the Equal Employment Opportunity Regulations and how the contracting officer checks on compliance as as one of the last steps before a contract award and, and why industry should make sure they are compliant. This episode is brought to you, of course, by Skyway Acquisition. Check skywaymember.com for more information. Let's get started with my conversation with Shelly about pre-award clearance. We've talked about pre-award surveys before. That was episode 79. Today, we're talking about pre-award clearance, which sounds similar, but it's, it's different. It is absolutely different. This falls under the Office of Federal Com- Contract Compliance, and it's all about the EEO laws that a contractor is in compliance with, with everything that that covers. And it's a real, it's a vast array of laws. I was amazed when I went in and looked at it. And it's required anytime uh, there's going to be a contract or a subcontract that is over $10 million, except for construction, and they have their own process. And what's interesting is um, they've also added that pre-award clearance must be done on any contract, including an IDIQ contract or a letter contract or a modification that would be considered a new effort, which they believe is a new contract award. So any of those things happen over $10 million, you've got to have this clearance before you can award the die. All right. We'll dive into this. First, I want to give some acronym support. You said Office of Federal Contract. The Office of Federal Contract Compliance, sometimes you see that as OFCCP, you said EEO, Equal Employment Opportunity, and then you said IDIQ, Indefinite Delivery, Indefinite Quantity, which is a type of contract. So always want to try to define those things as, the, as, the, as we lapse yes, into we have speak. A lot of those in the government, yeah. lots, lots of acronyms. You know, back in the old days, when uh, I was a baby contract administrator, there was only the long way process. And that was that you, you put together a letter and you sent it by U.S. mail and you had to send it at least 30 days before you thought you were going to award um, the contract. So, you, and so you've done all your work. Yeah, and you have to before you can sign anything. Before you can sign a contract as a contracting officer, you have to send a letter in to the OFCCP and wait maybe thirty days before you can award something. Well, and and then there's a whole other set of, you know, they they have fifteen days to respond. If they don't respond, you can assume that they have authorized you to proceed. But if they say, hey, we are going to do a pre-award compliance for this one, then they get 20 days to do that. So you can see how this could really hinder a contract award. But, you know, you need to have it out the first of whatever month and you're, you're not going to get there. And, and then if they say they're going to do a compliance evaluation, but they don't provide their conclusions within 20 days, then you can assume you're authorized to proceed with the award. But I do remember vividly of uh, the old school contracting officers that taught me when I was growing up, they said, you don't award a contract until that's in your contract file. 
So OFCCP could be efficient, but you're probably looking at a month delay, a 30 plus day delay between when you make a decision to award and when you can, because you're waiting on their approval. Yes. Sounds, sounds wonderfully efficient in a government way. Yeah. I mean, and and, you know, and again, you're talking about stuff going back and forth in the U S mail because, you know, some, some back in the way old days, there weren't fax machines even there was just, you know, you got actual (laughs) mail that you opened and put it in a contract file. So, uh, Back when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. So we go from dinosaurs to fax machines to To fax machines to email to the internet where there there, there has been a more automated way to do it. But the reason that we're talking about this today is the OFCCP has a new pre award process, pre award clearance process. Prior to award, the contracting officer can now check the national pre award registry. And this is on the OFCCP's site. It's actually Department of Labor. Oh, boy. It's a long website. It's weird to read websites on here. I'll have it in the notes as well. But dol.gov slash agencies slash OFCCP slash pre-award slash registry. Anyway, you can probably just Google OFCCP National Pre-Award Registry or Pre-Award Registry. Find it much more quickly. This is a modernized version of their search tool that allows all the data in the pre-award registry to be easily searched, filtered, sorted, even exported. So if you are a federal contractor and you are listed in the registry, then you are found, you have been found to be in compliance with those EEO regulations that that OFCCP enforces. There's even a pre-award guide on the site for contracting officers that runs them through the process. So instead of mailing out a letter, or faxing it, or emailing, or using the search tools that have been around since there were search tools on the web, new tool shows you very quickly whether or not the contractor you're looking for is in compliance. If they're not listed in the registry, then it doesn't mean you can't award. It means there's more stuff you have to do. There's processes in place to even, even get expedited response. If there's something critical or urgent that you need to do, there is a process there. But the point is that we have a new tool that makes this whole thing much quicker than the good old days. And, and what's interesting, in the past, OFCCP was kind of like, you know, COs, you figure out yourself, read, read the FAR or some agency level or whatever, you figure it out. So they weren't very um, kinder, gentler to the COs. <laughs> but now, since they've got this national pre-award registry, that they've got up and running. Uh, yeah, they've created this pre-award process guide for CEOs. So that's all they have to do is go in there. It's a PDF file and you can read it in it. It really, it has little yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. You know, it's it's very, very simple to use and it helps the CEO understand, do I have to get this? Don't I have to get this? Uh, what about a company that's named um the John company and there's, you know, 500 John companies here, you can sort and filter it. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a quantum leap over the way that, uh, <laughs> when it was first developed uh, to, to get out there and get the information. There, some good news in GovCon. Yes. <laughs> All right. Some listeners may already be wondering, when does this happen? Where does this fit in the acquisition and execution time zones? Probably not. This happens right at the end of the acquisition time zones when you've 
made the decision of who you're going to award to, whether through a competition or sole source or whatever, you check the National Pre-Award Registry before you award the contract. So it's right on that line at the very end of the source selection zone, right before the very beginning of the honeymoon zone, the first execution time zone. All right, got that out of the way. Kevin will be very happy that we didn't forget to talk about the acquisition and execution time zones. We love, we love the time zone. In case you missed it, tell me again, why is this pre-award registry important? Why why does the FAR require a pre-award check? If there's any, any law, I mean, every law is important, but, you know, equal employment opportunity is there are lawsuits about this, you know, if you're not following it. So they're just making sure that they do this pre-award check, that the contractor's meeting all those requirements levied upon them prior to award. And it is everything from that they have made accommodations for people with disabilities to that they have EEO posters posted on a bulletin board in their coffee room. I mean, it's, it's, it's very comprehensive. All of these things the contractors have to do. And, you know, and it's, and it's all about, you know, inclusion and that you cannot be, um, you know, your workplace has to be friendly to whatever the situation might be. And you don't want to violate any of those EEO law requirements. So this check is to make sure that we're in compliance with the equal employment opportunity laws that our government has laid out. Whether or not you agree with whether all those things should be in the law or not, that's a different story. That's a podcast for angry people that want to argue about things. Our point is, we should... Our point be a is, fun podcast, though. That'd be fun. <laughs> our point is, this is important because it's the law. Contractors have to comply with the EEO laws, Contracting officers have to ensure that they're complying with them before they award, and they do that through the National Pre-Award Registry. And this kind of shifts that it lets the Department of Labor be the oversight organization versus the CEO, because that's kind of how it was in, in the past, where it was, you know, the CEO had to dig and get all this information, where now, because it's all on the Department of Labor's um, website, again, under the OFCCP, you know, so it, so the CEO, that is kind of a one less thing. But um, the Equal Employment Opportunity Laws prohibit specific types of job discrimination in certain workplaces. And so it's just it's it's just one of those things that it's it's a it's a big deal. And it's easier to be compliant than it is to be dodging, you know, lawsuits. And um, somebody comes in and says, hey, CEO, your contractor is not being compliant. They say, well, the DOL said he was, and then it's the DOL's problem to check what was not being done. I think it's great that that the tool has been upgraded. The, the government with uh, beta.sam.gov has been spending a lot of time and money and energy upgrading the tools. When when the, the web first came out, the government adopted it and made some tools, and then those tools got old really fast as technology changed, and it's great that we're finally catching back up. So this this launch of the new improved National Pre-Award Registry makes it a lot easier for contracting officers to do that job of doing the pre-award clearance check. And it makes it a lot easier for Department of Labor to keep track of things and communicate it out. It's good all around. It is. It's just, it's good for everybody. It's even good for industry. <laughs> First, 
make sure you're complying with the EEO laws. You can't be awarded for, for reasons besides you should comply with that. It's a good thing. If you're just worried about money and contract awards, you can't be awarded a contract unless you are compliant. So whether whether or not you want to do it because it's the right thing and you're a good person and a good company or whether you only care about, I have to do it to win, either way, it doesn't matter, do it. It doesn't make sense to not be compliant. I never had a situation, but I have talked to CEOs who had the situation where they went through the process and OFCCP said, no, we're going to go in and do a compliance check because we've you know, heard some things or whatever. And they came back and they said, you can't award to this contractor. So, you know, just imagine you've gone through a very lengthy contracting process and you've come to award to a contractor that has now become unawardable because, and it's not something they can just fix, you know, that they, hey, we'll give you a year right. to fix this and still award you the contract. That, that's not how this one works. It's like, no, you absolutely positively cannot get contracts. So yeah, somebody's getting fired that. there. I mean, I, can yeah, you imagine yeah. being uh, human resources or whoever's in charge of yeah. EEO compliance? And congratulations, you won this giant award and the CEO is yeah. very happy. And then they say, but we can't award it to you because you missed some compliance things. You didn't submit some reports. You didn't hang the posters up like you're supposed to somebody's losing their job there. So yep, it's yep, important. Yep. Bob isn't going to come back to work Monday. He's, he's, <laughs> he's going to be gone or Susie or whoever. Yeah. 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 All right. With that, I think we've summed up why this is important. Why it contracting officers have to do this check and contractors, you cannot receive an award unless you are in compliance. The new system is much more user-friendly than the old system. And like you said, it's great that OFCCP has provided some process guides right there on the site to help contracting officers wade their way through this thing. Yeah, and it's just just, just overall, it's, it's one of the good things. Like you said, we have, sometimes they implement things that are not so good <laughs> and we have to live with them. But this seems like a good thing. And I did some research because I was kind of curious. I was thinking, well, if I'm a company and I'm bidding on my first government contract, can I just call OFCCP and say, hey, come on down. Come on down and check me out. Right. And you can't. <laughs> um, you, that's not how it works. Um, it, it has to be part of this contract award process for them to um, come in and, and yeah. do the compliance check for you. So the first one's um, a little harder than the, the subsequent uh, yes, ones. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a little more, and uh, I would say a little more egregious probably than the ones yeah. that's Yeah, well, we won't get into other barriers to entry for small companies no. to do significant business with the government, but good to know that the process for both companies and for contracting officers has been eased a bit by a significant upgrade to the pre-award registry. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good thing. All right. Speaking of good things, we wrap this one up quickly. I'll talk to you soon, Shelly. Okay. Talk to you later, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks again to special guest Shelly Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. Skyway's team of contracting officers is there to help you learn, win, and grow in the GovCon world and understand topics like pre-award clearance. Why is there another check right before award? 
Skyway's here to help. Again, skywaymember.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks.